Hello, everybody. Long time no see. This is the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I am joined by Josh. Good almost afternoon, Josh. It's afternoon. Well, let's just call I'm it. I'm giving it to you. It's six minutes and the, well, seven six minutes. minutes. To the six min- well, yeah, seven minutes to afternoon. We do this on every... Po- I feel like it's almost a trademark at this point to just try it to is. figure out our time zone differences because... Our recording habits tend to fall early afternoon, East Coast time, which tends to straddle the line of noon for him. And I want to be uh, correct in my verbal descriptions and well wishes. So, Yeah, and if you're listening to this, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. We'll just cover or the... Or even the tr- good morning. Or the... Yeah, good, good morning. The Who Truman knows? Show. Perhaps someone listens to us on the way to work. That could be. It could be. That could be. I know there are people in this world who listen to podcasts on the car on the way to work. Uh, yeah, I used to do it. So, anyway. I mean, I used to was... sit in my car at lunch yeah. with the air conditioning on because I worked at the mall. And, uh, well, it was five minutes away from my house. And I didn't really want to go home because then I'd get comfortable and wouldn't want to go back. So I'd just sit in the car. That's a good plan. It is. So, last time we talked to you, City hadn't even won a title yet, so... It's been a few months. It has. Uh, uh, t- two summer signings already. Um, a dom- a domestic treble for the first time in the history of the English game. Um, and frankly, if if we may just start with this and rip the Band-Aid off, while I do accept that Liverpool did win the Champions League, I am pleased that that was one of the worst finals I have ever seen, and no one outside of Merseyside will remember it in six months. Yep. That is the saving grace. Yeah, and I really enjoyed watching Tottenham bomb yet another important game. Like, they just... Mauricio Pochettino just doesn't have it when it counts. The hot takes, they're coming early. I'm not even really going to fight you, because I don't know that I disagree, and even if I did, I don't really have the effort to disagree. That's true. Or I mean, evidence I, I, to disagree. I, you have no idea how badly I. Well, yeah, you do. Um, you do. <laughs> the average listener may not know how badly I wanted Tottenham to win. Uh, and actually, I just wanted the whole thing to be called off. I wanted it to yeah. be like Game Four of the Bruins versus the Oilers in like 1988 or 89 or whatever. When they just like called it and said that the, the game didn't happen, but it did happen in the NHL finals because the lights went out in the Boston Garden. So they just the game was the Boston had just literally tied the game up. And as soon as the goal like it, you don't even see the puck cross the net, the, the transmissions lost. Like, right. Lights go out. It's tied at three, three. And the NHL has a bylaw that says, well, what we'll do is we will just pretend the game doesn't exist. And if we need the game, then we'll tack it on at the end of the series. So if if Boston had pushed it to, they would get the benefit of game seven at home when it should have been the Oilers. But yeah, the game didn't count, but the stats did. I was hoping for something like that. That's That's my sports trivia. For the day, if you didn't know that, now you know. The, the NHL you, the, finals. The more you know, graphic flies across the screen. 
The NHL Finals had a game that didn't count that did. <sighs> yep. Well, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not okay with it. I would have preferred Totten to win, but they weren't. They didn't, and I will take solace in the fact that Liverpool won that game in the most unmemorable possible way, and the most miserable possible way in a final that no neutral will ever want to think of again. And not even because Liverpool won it. <laughs> because no, it was it just, just it was legitimately one of the worst games I watched all season. Um, so, congratulations. And, and Liverpool didn't win what they wanted. Yeah, fundamentally, I think I think they can say all they want. Like, you know, oh, you know, we won the Champions League. Um, but fundamentally... If they were given the option to pick one before the season started, that was not the one they would have picked. No. They would have happily had City win the Champions League if it meant that Liverpool won the league. But the eventuality here, given that Tottenham has Pochettino, uh, Arsenal, to my knowledge, still has Unai Emery, Chelsea just appointed Frank Lampard, and as far as I know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is still in charge over there at United. Yeah. I don't. I, I think it's probably a foregone conclusion that Liverpool will eventually lift the crown, if and only because it's really only them in City, and I'm not sure City can keep this up every year. Club you're bound, and Guardiola, you're bound, as far as the managerial standard go, are so far above the rest of the league right now. So far above. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's almost not funny. I mean, I mean, you look at Chelsea, I think Chelsea just don't really care anymore. It's like they have a transfer ban, uh, and whatever here. Well, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're just going to throw the fans a bone here. This is the guy they want. It's the, it's the nice homecoming story. Um, for Frank Lampard did a nice job at Derby last year, but, um, let's be honest, the only reason he's getting that job is because he's Frank Lampard. Yep. Um, not because of any items on his resume. So, I don't know. I think, I actually think that, uh, the, the, the less is more approach could benefit Chelsea, but they're not going to win the league. No. I think it will be better for them in the long term, but that would require the people... They don't even that. have Hazard anymore, do yeah, they? Yeah, that's t- off to Real. Um, so, <laughs> so. so, I don't... And they can't sign a replacement, and uh, they might actually have to stop sending 1,700 players out on loan next year. I would mm-hmm. be really frustrated if I was a Chelsea fan, because they've got guys like Hudson Odoi, who they just wouldn't play but are clearly probably good enough to at least play at a squad level. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? So anyway, um, yeah. So city city though, they're humming along. They sure are. Um, the FA cup final was frankly a thoroughly delightful experience that, um, felt like a giant party. Um, especially once, you know, a little shaky in the in the first half, from what I remember. It's been a while since I watched it, but um, it, it's it's it was very much sort of felt like a coronation party at the end of one of the all time great English seasons. And you know, I want to jump back to what you said about can City keep you know can City keep this up forever? 
no, you're probably right. Um, I've only I, I I'm not even saying that they they can't on talent. I do think they can on talent and, oh, yeah. and on Guardiola's demands. I just, injury luck is going to hit you at some point. It's going to. I didn't think they'd do it again last year. I mean, 199 points in or 90. It was 98, I believe. Um, 198 points in two seasons is unbelievable, and you wouldn't, you know. You wouldn't expect that from any team, no matter how, because it's it's hard. It's hard to play as many games as City are intending to play, um, because they want to in four they, competitions. Yeah, and they won three of them. Like, keep yeah. in mind, it's not it's not like they just played in three competitions and went out and had and no. They were, they were they in were, until the and they were one VAR decision away from going to the semifinals of the fourth against an inferior team. Yep, and likely would have wound up in the final. Yeah, against the team that they did not lose to domestically. Um, obviously, it's one, one. you know, you never know what can happen in a one-off game. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and ask what-if questions and what was our, a really good season. But, it, yep. you know, it, it 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 goes to show two things. One, they They're were really close. Of- yeah, they were really close to winning the quadruple, and two, it's really freaking hard to win the quadruple. So, and three, they were really playing in a lot of games. Oh yeah, it's oh. that's that's what I think makes the end of their season run. So they un- they so literally incredible. could have only played in three more football games. Yep. That is the maximum number of games that they could have played. Yep. Three more football games, two semifinals, one final. That's it. Like. There is no possibility to play more football games during a season unless they tacked on a testimonial at the end. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, 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 it's easy to forget, I think, um, that, that um, how hard it is to, to to play in that many games, and that's what to me what makes the end of their season so unbelievable. They won all those games in a row to finish off this title when they couldn't even afford to draw any of them, and they had to have been running on fumes at that point. It's like it was like the string of one nil, two nil wins, and it was like it doesn't bother me because frankly it's a miracle that they're getting over the line as they are, and it I, you know I think on the whole. This past season was more impressive than the previous one, even though they didn't quite match their point total. The fact that they almost did while simultaneously winning two other competitions and nearly going all the way in a third, you know, is way more impressive. The whole body of work is way more impressive. Where does Pep have six trophies in in three years? Is it... Five or six. Five or six. Five or six. I think it's five. I think he got a double last year, right? Yeah. And then three this year. Right? Yeah, they didn't win anything yeah. in year so it's, one. it's five. Five in two years. They didn't get anything in the three. It's also five in three years. But And um, unless you count the Community Shield, which city have for marketing purposes, then you can call it six. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't counting. either. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I appreciate the formidable stuff, yeah. and it's cool, but it's a, it's a cute slogan. But um, one of only one of two teams can win that game, dude. It's not exactly a trophy. And the fact it's, of the matter is, you I know what it is. Be, it's. I'm not going to be. The it's hypocrite. a bowl game. That's yeah. what it is. It's, it's a bowl it's, game. <laughs> 
it, I'm not going to sit here and make fun of United fans for claiming it as a major trophy and then claim it as a major trophy myself. Nope. It's just hypocritical, and I'm not I'm not for that. So Their impressive treble campaign, you that's mean? That's right. What was it? Like the Europa League, the League Cup, and the Community Shield? Yep. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not, not going to give them that any more than I would give it to us if it happened to us. Although I did appreciate there was a tweet going around. It's just like it was astonishing to, to sort of look at the Premier League last year. It was, uh, you know, uh, Premier League winner, the champions – Champions League winners, uh, Europa League winners, uh, Champions League finalists, Europa League finalists, Manchester United. <laughs> I still can't believe that they, they, I mean, I can believe it. Edward was an idiot, but I, it amazed me that they gave Solskjaer the permanent job as quickly as they did. Yeah, I because was Because of this just wave of like, he gets us. He's our, he's a, one of our own. It's like... Dude, he lost seven of nine games. Yeah, like, had, like what? This guy had no. It was you know. And he's not going to have one of the best players in the world on his team because Pogba. Yeah, Pogba wants out. We had a we had a brief conversation about the law of averages, not in the sporting context, but we talked about it before this podcast started about the law of averages. For the, for those who don't know, it came about because I I, I was one of the people affected by the seven point one earthquake. It occurred not too terribly far from me. Uh, unlike the L.A. people claiming an L.A. quake, the quake was actually centered in my county, uh, <laughs> which is a bit north of L.A. Um, and they're about halfway way. between L.A. and Vegas, I believe, more yep. or less. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm about that midpoint of uh, central California. But, uh, yeah, it, we Gray and I discovered that both of us are quite the meteorologist when it comes down to it. Uh, but the law of averages was it was basically we were talking about us being overdue for some major crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, that. And, and in a sporting context, like in general, if you are generating chances and not converting them, as long as you continue to generate chances, that luck's going to turn around for you. And basically what happened to United was they went through a long finishing slump, which turned around right as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over, and then they got worse. <laughs> And then reality set in, and then they lost to relegated, uh, was it Cardiff City on the last day of the season? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's quite the feat, even for a team that theoretically had nothing to play for. So, <laughs> I, I don't, I, and, and they're obviously having a hard time. I've, I've read some articles about their transfer business and how word is starting to get around like, they, they ultimately did sign Juan Bissaka from Crystal Palace, which I think is actually not a bad signing for them. But Palace were looking, I think, somewhere in the region of 50, 60 million for him. And United started by lowballing him with 20. And word of that gets around. It's like, well, you know, negotiating is one thing, but this, not, this is not the start of a negotiation. It's an insult. And... And, and and word gets around of, of, of teams that negotiate that way. United just don't seem to get it. Um, it, 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 it at a business level. They don't seem to get how this works. They don't seem to get that um, the allure... If you've been following the NBA lately, a lot of NBA fans have learned a very painful lesson that the allure of a legendary franchise is not enough by itself to attract the best of the best. 
Like really, you, really, Knicks you, fans kind yeah. of learned this lessons because no like, matter what Laker, happens, the Lakers, Lakers still got LeBron and AD. But they did get LeBron and AD. But the, <laughs> they really, just didn't get the third person. Yeah, Let's be real. It really hit the Knicks hardest because a lot of people in New York seem to think that all you have to do is march into a free agent meeting and say we're the Knicks and everyone will fall at your feet. Um, when in reality, the Knicks reality, haven't been you know, competitive since. Patrick this, doing. this is true of every sport. The NBA, soccer, all across the world, every sport. Players are not dumb. And they pay attention to what other players say about teams. They pay attention to what they hear about teams, what environments. They where. pay attention to what they hear about team owners. They pay attention to what they hear about team owners. They pay attention to what those teams do, what they have done in the past, whether they seem to have a plan whether they seem to know what they're doing, whether they seem to be actually building towards something, or whether, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> or whether we're going to bring you in and bring this guy in with him, and then we're going to win, which isn't a plan. It's throwing crap at a wall and hoping that it sticks. And mm-hmm. players pay attention to all these things. They're not dumb. They're not naive. They don't have their eyes shut to the world around them, especially when a lot of these guys are becoming very savvy about their free agent decisions, and they're doing a lot of research, and they're doing a lot of thinking about what they want to do. And the same thing applies to soccer. These guys are paying attention. These guys know that United have not had a stable organization. They're not in a great place. The players that are there don't seem to be happy. You know, Pogba wants out. I mean, Solskjaer was an improvement on Mourinho. But it's it's very much people, players pay attention to these things. And... We look at now a guy like Harry Maguire, who we'll talk about more later, um, is very much on the uh, on the market, supposedly, for a world record fee for a defender. And City and United both want him. And by all accounts, he would prefer to go to City because City are light years ahead of United by now. Even though United think they have the name... This stuff doesn't... I mean, it certainly matters to a certain degree, but it doesn't... If United start winning, people will want to play there. People will want to go where they can win. People want to go where they can contend, where they can win, where they can, you know, where they can succeed personally and professionally. You know, marketing matters now. And if you're not doing those things as a team... You're frankly not going to get anybody. If you're not competitive, you're not trying. Like, look, dude, the Clippers haven't been historically competitive. But Kawhi Leonard, we're having these conversations, Kawhi Leonard gave them a chance. He gave them a chance. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to sign with the Lakers just yet. But if you can't get somebody else to play alongside me, a second superstar, then I am going to sign with the Lakers. But if you can deliver Paul George to me, because he tried for Kevin Durant, and, well, let's be real, it's probably better that he wound up with Paul George uh, from from just a, a uh, I don't know, a workability perspective. Yeah, a team-building standpoint, for sure. Pairing, yeah. yeah, for sure. It's an elite uh, defensive pairing, at least. It, it sh- surely is, dude. <laughs> the Clippers are going to be a hell of a defensive team next year. <laughs> but Paul George told Steve Ballmer, look, you guys get or excuse me, Kawhi Leonard tells him, you guys get Paul George, I'm gonna sign. The Clippers give up a King's ransom, but they get Paul George, and guess what? Kawhi Leonard signs. You 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 can go 
But the, the purpose of bringing that up is to say you can go from being not competitive to competitive instantly, but you have to be willing to to make those investments to reach across the aisle to try and 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 lure prospective stars in by saying, hey, look. What can we do to entice you? What can we do to bring you over? What would make you feel like this situation would be more workable for you, as you said, Gray, personally and professionally? Oh, okay. You just want to play with another superstar? Well, shit, we've got some first rounds we can give up. Or in the case of United, we can give up some, you know, some money. It doesn't mean anything to us. We print it. Uh, and then, the, you know, you come over. But, but – you got United who are like, ah, we finished on a seven of nine losing streak and we hired the manager that did it. What? Yep. What? United like, seem to still think that they can just walk into a room and say, we're put Manchester the badge United. on the. Yeah, we're Manchester United. Sign here. And they, and, and they are very shocked when the people they were talking to just look at them dumbfounded. Like, okay, and. I think that's, like, that's very that's important edge. to remember. Yeah, because I remember before the Derby, there was this big deal because Solskjaer took them to their old training ground, um, the the previous one where they where they trained in the nineties during under Ferguson, the old mythical you know, blah 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 blah. Um, and you know, I, I guess the point was to like remind them of the ninety nine team, and I was like, Marcus Rashford's age when United won the treble in nineteen ninety nine could be measured in months. This stuff doesn't resonate anymore. It doesn't. Nope. You need something else. You the class of 92 is super fond mm -hmm. for United fans. The class of 92 might as well be a foreign film to some of these kids. Yeah. They did not grow up watching that. Yes. And uh, nor were they, you know, they nor were they playing at the same these they have no recollection of United's most dominant period. To them, to them, soccer is Barca and Real. Yes. I mean, we're quickly getting to an age where, you know... Even Lionel Messi yeah, isn't a player we're, that some of these... We're quickly getting to an age where these players who are 22, 23 years old were young when Mourinho arrived in England. Like, they were kids. Um... And, and 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 much less anything that happened before that. Because Mourinho's arrival in England in his first stint at Chelsea was frankly league-changing. It may not seem like it now, but it was a giant shock to the system. And frankly, we're getting to the point where everything before that is turning into ancient history for a lot of these players, especially the foreign ones who probably didn't give a damn about the Premier League in the first place when they were young. Nope. They were watching their domestic leagues. You know, do you think Paul Pogba was watching United? He was watching Zidane. He was watching. They're they're all watching Real. They're watching. And, and even and even and, and even Zidane is getting at that age where it's like who? Yeah, you, you notice it's the French players who sort of revere him more than everybody else these days. Yeah, Probably I mean, well, I mean, he's such a national symbol, but it's it's. Well, it's in 2006, like as early as 2006, you know, France, well, shit, I mean, apart from last year, of course, uh, but as early as 2006, France were in the World Cup final and, and, and were a top team with Zidane. Like that was his final, you know, <laughs> maybe not the way he wanted to go out, literally, 
Um, but hey, you know, 2006, that was 13 years ago. Yep. Yep. Like, it's, like we're getting to an era when people are 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 going to be talking about LeBron in terms of 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 being an age. Well, he literally is an aging veteran. We are getting into an era where, within the next five or six years, players are going to be ent- kids are going to be entering academies with no memory of pre-Manso or Manchester City. Nope. It's just oh yeah, Man City. And I don't. Players don't care, you know. A lot, a lot of people clutch pearls over like how they did it or like hey, plastic. Well, players don't care. Nope. Players Pla- will go. There's a reason. You know what plastic means to a player? I'm getting paid. Yeah. That's there's, what plastic. There's means. a reason that people are lining up to play for Man City. Like Rodri, City just batted Bayern Munich away like it was nobody's business. And Bayern Munich, frankly, have an institutional problem because their 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 entire organizational construct is such that they are not going to pay uh, anything that would upset their wage upset their wage scale. And some of the guys they have on higher wages, frankly, just aren't that good. They hold on to aging superstars like you wouldn't believe. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank Ribery, for example, really shouldn't have been with the team that long. Like he Bayern, had, Bayern have an entitlement complex. They do. They, they have think, a massive entitlement complex, and that has borne itself out in how in their 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 handling of the Leroy Sané pursuit this summer. Whether or not you think City should be thinking of cashing in on Sané or not, the way that Bayern's players have conducted themselves is embarrassing. It's yeah, absolutely ridiculous. And you can tell. Frankly, it makes City not really want to do business with him. And then here you also have Pep Guardiola, who literally knows how Carl Heinz Rumenegi operates, Um, and 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 he's got no incentive to work with these people. He's like, I got away from you guys to come to a better environment. Like all you did was bitch that I didn't deliver a treble every year. Like here I was winning, you know, winning the the Bundesliga in historic fashion, like winning it earlier than it had ever been won before. And you guys were complaining because it wasn't the Champions League. And then I come over here to City and I turn out these exact same results. And I'm a god. I'm a god. Why? Because simple working class people appreciate it when a guy puts his nose to the grindstone and delivers results year in, year out, even if they're not always the results you want. Even if you go out in the Champions League to a team you consider inferior, you still are like, you know what, man? I will take the Pep Guardiola era over anything I can possibly come up with. I I will. There's there's a fundamental understanding that if you're this successful for so long, you're you're going to have a chance at the Champions League. It's yeah. going to be on offer for like again. We're going to go back to the law of averages thing, and it doesn't work that simple. But if you're consistently this good and you have consistently this much talent, and you're consistently going into the latter stages of the Champions League. Eventually, something's going to break your way. This year it didn't. The previous year it didn't. But it only has to break your way once. Yep. To change the entire narrative of, of the competition. Yep. Um. 
and 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 eventually a couple of these big clubs are going to get upset they're going to be prioritizing something else and city you're going to find themselves in a situation where uefa are like well we can put besiktas through to the final or we can put city through to the final you know <laughs> we are not going to come to besiktas uh, and 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 you're watching Bayern Munich the way they operate is again they're quickly being passed by a lot. A like lot as far as I'm concerned, teams. I I look at Red Bull, at 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 at, at RB, uh, what is it Salzburg? I think it is. Uh, Leipzig. Leipzig. Yes, thank you. I look at Leipzig, and I'm like, you know what? This is exactly what City did. This is what City did. They didn't they didn't merge a couple of teams like Leipzig did, but they came in, they got a a a ownership group that suddenly gave a crap. They went out, started scouting, built facilities, bring people in, and now year in and year out they're competing. Yeah, sure, maybe they're not Bayern, but you know what? They're going to win that Bundesliga one year. They've got they too got much pushed this year. <laughs> they've got they've got too much money into that team and frankly Wolfsburg are just not going to make the effort like they should there's no reason why Wolfsburg shouldn't be competing at the top of the Bundesliga year in and year out but Germany is just weird I they're like two points ahead of a Dortmund team this year that has gone through how many players lately they oh, always they're constantly is Mario Goetze still on that team or I is he back on Bayern I think Goetze is still at Dortmund but Dortmund have had to rebuild their squad like every year at this point and and they're still pushing this Bayern squad that thinks they have a god-given right to win the German league every year um and and frankly you can tell that they they were going they were definitely thinking oh if we just talk a lot about Leroy Sané I bet we can get him to hand in transfer request and then we can blah, blah, blah. and it hasn't happened and now they yep. just look like fools. Yep. They look like desperate thirsty fools. <laughs> Which they are. <laughs> Which they are. They 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 they're not competing anymore. Ever since Pep left, they've suddenly found out just how not easy it is to just run away with the Bundesliga. Every time they go in for someone, they get swatted away by another European power. Like, they're like, oh, Rodri, he can really help us in Man City come along and basically, like, hit him like they're a fly. It's like, no, he's coming here. He's not even, no, no, yeah, it's like... And, and I, I don't think Leroy Sané is going anywhere this I year. Don't I don't think so. I, I, I think he would have Because I think more. we had this discussion that uh, if Pep Guardiola really thought that he couldn't do anything more for him, they would be cashing in on him. Yeah. And they would be, they would be working out a deal with them right now. Yeah, and that's clearly not happening. Um, so I think he'll stay. And I, I mean, I think that at a certain point there's going to have to come some progress but i don't think that this is the summer in which it's it's going to be well you haven't done it you're out so yeah um let's talk about we should talk angelino that's uh, i was about to say let's talk about transfers and we'll start with the first one this one kind of came out of nowhere um at the same time it came out of everywhere it, it came out of everywhere and it also to me makes perfect sense Nice little buyback clause at Angelina. They get him for, I believe, less than $10 million. Um, it's an admission that they don't trust Benjamin Mendy's fitness anymore, which they shouldn't. 
Um, and frankly, I think it's the it's an ideal rotation option from someone who knows the club, came up through the club, uh, can give you good minutes at the left back position in 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 basically most games and deepens the roster. And that's a big deal when you're sitting and playing in four competitions. Yeah, I. I... I, I'm kind of I, I liked Angelino. Um, I didn't think he was terrible. I actually saw him live one time um, with New York City uh, FC. Um, he'd already been transferred, uh, and and I you know I mean look dude at the end of the day, City aren't concerned about left backs and right backs because they plan to have the ball for seventy percent of the game. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, it goes back to Pep Guardiola specifically saying, I don't even coach tackles. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, there's no point. What's the point? We're going to have the ball. Why would I need to teach people how to tackle? Um, and and, and I, I like the fit. He knows the system. Uh, even more than that, he's Spanish, so he doubly knows the system. It's basically bred into him, I think. Um, I believe he's Spanish, isn't he? I believe you're right, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, overall, it's, it's, it's a good fit. It's a good fit. I, I, don't, I don't think it's anything major. It's a squad signing, no, which yeah, is what exactly. they needed. I don't think anyone could have any complaints about this. Um, and, and, you know, if, if all he turns out to be is a solid rotation player, that's all they bought him to be. And that's perfect for me. Um, I know they've been consistently linked with Jao Cancelo of uh, Juventus because I believe they they seem to either want to or think that Danilo wants to leave for more game time. That would be fine by me, but that has become a bit of a saga, and I just can't really go Did you, Why is Danilo a saga, like, of all? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Um, let's Let's talk about the other one that we have official and finalized. Because I think the two of us have learned a few lessons over last year of, of nothing is actually done until they're walking Especially around. Especially with this club. Yeah. Uh, between um, Jorginho and uh, Danny Alves, nothing is actually done until the guy is carrying a city jersey around the Etihad complex. Um, but in this case, that has happened. Uh, Rodri is finished from Atletico Madrid for a club record fee. Um, they have, I mean... We have needed a Fernandinho heir apparent for two years now, and they got one. And frankly, I think they got more or less the best one they could have gotten from everything I've read. Yeah. I mean, you I, see him compared to Busquets a lot. The closest thing there is to Busquets without actually being Busquets. Mm-hmm. And obviously that must be music to Pep's ears given the importance of Busquets when he was at Barcelona, given how vital... Okay, all right, we apparently have news. Okay. Goal is officially reporting that Real Madrid have told Manchester United they are either willing to offer 80 million plus Isco or Gareth Bale in exchange... Okay, okay, this is goal reporting Mundio Deportivo, so this is likely bullshit. But goal... (laughs) Goal is reporting that, that, that United appear to be shipping Paul Pogba off for either Bale or Isco. Um, if that's what they're getting in return, plus a little cash, that's fine by me. Yeah. Because and Bale then, is washed and Isco. And then I will is, never have to hear another Isco to City rumor again. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. That alone is worth it. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I, Pogba wants to leave. And these, these things, they usually. 
when, when, when players of, of a certain caliber want to leave, I think there comes a point where your best thing that you can do is just to, to let them go, get over it, and let, let you Mancini always had the right idea when he was at City. He's like, if a top player is not happy, it's just better off to get rid of him. And frankly, unless you think you can salvage it, I rather agree with that philosophy. Or unless you have the lion's share of the contract. Like, yeah. if, if you've like got a top player... Unless you're in a really, really strong negotiating position. Yeah, I mean, you got you got these two-year, you know, one-year deals or whatever. Yeah, the player has the negotiation. Yeah. Like, like just... how Chelsea should have sold Hazard last summer. Yup. Instead of they, instead they 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 sold them for like some really pit, pitiful sum, and they can't replace it because they're in a transfer ban. Um. So. Yeah. Um. So. Let me I'm, ask: what, When you look at Rodri, I mean, does this does this make you happy? It makes me very happy. Yes. Um. I don't. I. I actually think that he will. Um. He won't step in from day one because they're not going to mess with Fernandinho, but they're going to start mixing him in. Remember Bernardo Silva's first season <clears throat> yep. in which he wasn't a starter, but toward the end of the season, he became more involved, and that gave way to his magnificent second season. I think they're going to pull a similar strategy with Rodri in terms of integrating him with the club, the playing style, the everything. Because going from Atletico and Simeone to Guardiola is going to be a culture shock no matter how much he's played in similar systems before. That is going from one extreme to the other. So it would not surprise me to see them sort of slow walk him into the squad just like they did with Bernardo Silva and for it to ultimately have a similar payoff. Yeah, I think, uh, you know what, 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 what also this opens up is Fernandinho knows how to do center back. Like, he's, he's not obviously option A, but he can do a job. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this allows, even if Otamendi goes by the wayside, if he's getting older, it'll be a lot less running for him. Yeah. A lot less running and let, 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 and and, you know, why not let Rodri take that up? Like you've already done. That's what you got him for. (laughs) Yep. That's what you got him for. So, um, I, I, I like the signing a lot. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, oh, Hey, it's, uh, it's uh, it's better than, um, you know, Jorginho yeah. or whatever the I case may be. I don't think either of us can claim to be Rodri experts. Yeah. But uh, it's certainly a worthwhile signing uh, by all accounts. He's a top player. Everybody raves and, about the guy. And uh, a lot of people are, are, are sort of in agreement that this is the, the, the best way that City could have possibly gone about everything. Like, all things considered... This is this is not a bad uh Yeah, this is this yeah. is not a bad not a bad haul for City. Mm-hmm. While we speak of center back, since you brought it up, that seems to be the next focus of City's summer business. Obviously the primary links have been to Harry Maguire. Um Leicester apparently are demanding a world record fee. United seem more willing to pay that than City do. The player by all accounts prefers City, but City as they have stood fast in the last few years, are just naming their price and they're saying, look, we are not going to do this unless you lower your your asking price. Um, so the names we've seen bandied about in recent days, I'm not sure. We, we know how the media works. These leaks may either be, okay, we actually are interested, or they may be, 
hey, Lester, here's some other guys that we could theoretically sign uh, if you want to talk. Um, one of them has been Leonardo Benucci, who, uh, frankly, I think the time has come and gone. Um, the other one is Nathan Ake of Bournemouth, who would be a lot cheaper, is also mm-hmm. homegrown. Um, and could probably play a squad role. Um, I know there's a lot of talk that Otamendi might want out. Um, the whole situation seems to be very fluid right now, which is why I'm just sort of rambling, because there's just so little concrete information to go off of that it's it's hard to... <laughs> It's it's hard to, to to sort out like what's actually going on, what's actually should be happening, what actually is happening. Um, look, I look at Harry Maguire and I see a pretty good defender, but I see a guy who might end up being the third best defender in City's squad. And it's hard to justify a world record fee, surpassing Virgil Van Dyke, to sign a guy who isn't better than Laporte and might be close to on par with John Stones? I think he's better than John Stones. Okay, that's fair. I think Harry Maguire is better, and I'll tell you why. I think Harry Maguire is a bit more polished. I think Harry Maguire is a bit more confident. He doesn't fluctuate quite as as up and down as John Stones would be. That's the thing about Stones is that when he's 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 good... When he's good, he's really good, but he can be very, very inconsistent. He gets in his own head. It comes back to that same thing we were talking about with he's not quite on like that Kevin Durant level where John Stones lets what other people says bother him. But John Stones can get in his own head and turn out a performance that's mystifying was is the word I'll use. And and I and I think Harry Maguire is a bit more confident. He's a bit more uh, affirmed. And and he knows what he's doing. He he knows what he's there for. I legit think he could become the second best defender on the team. That said, the second best defender does not mean you should pay ninety million dollar release clause. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially when your first best defender costs you less than that, thirty million dollars less yeah, than a that. lot less than that. But then again, we got the first best defender because of the strict rules regarding tra- Spanish transfer clauses. Yeah. Once, once the fee is set, the fee is set. That's it. It mm-hmm. cannot be raised except for unless they get new, a new contract. Yeah. Yep. So you pay the fee, you get the player. But but, and I get that. They, so England doesn't work that way. But if you're, it, it, I. You know, I maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Like, what the hell do we care if Manchester United, yeah. Elizabeth City, spend $90 million that's, that's on Harry Maguire and he turns out to be the third best defender on the club or even the second best defender on the club? Like, the phrase is it really used in this moment is it's not my money. Right, right. <laughs> like, are we really going to be upset if he turns I, into the I, second I, I best be, defender on the club? I won't be upset, no. I mean, and I, I would prefer that United not you, get you, him. You, you generally do need two good defenders, there's, so there's if he turns value, in... There is value in Harry Maguire. Yeah, if he turns into the second best defender, that's, that is optimal. Yeah, uh, he can play the ball. I remember in the Leicester game, he basically ran two, th- three quarters of the way up the field on the left touchline. Um, and a lot of people joked at the time, oh, he's auditioning, but you know, he's got, he's got it in his locker. He can do things. He can do good things. He can do the things that city demand of their defenders. Um, to that end, I say pay. I mean, yeah. I, what do I, I mean, it's, I wouldn't lose at a certain over point it. it's principle. Yeah. And that is the thing with city. They're so principled on what they spend on players. So principled for better but, or for but, worse. It is awesome guys. But but if you've got a guy who genuinely wants to come, 
Right. As by all accounts, McGuire does. He is homegrown. He can do the job you're asking him to do and do it very well. You've seen him do it both in league and at the international level. I just it to me it like why not like you, there's always going to be that English yeah. premium like we That's were talking about this you mm-hmm. know like the fact that Manchester City got Fabian Delph for eight million and the then fact churned, that they got stones for what they got it was like forty million for you know a really quality young English defender although he hasn't found the consistency yet the fact they got him for that price is really quite miraculous um, but yeah. I frankly, you've sold me. Let's do it. But <laughs> I, I, it's not my money. You know, I'm not sure. I, I don't know that Harry Maguire is worth 90 million, but also I don't know that anyone is worth the transfer fees that's being paid for them nowadays. Yeah. Like, I mean, you what are we, to, you what what are sort we of really adjust. talking about? There's, thinking about what players were worth in like 2014 and what players are worth now is two very different conversations. Like, seriously. And you have to adapt your brain to it. Let me ask you this. Do you think Harry Maguire will be better in the Premier League than Paul Pogba? Kind of a well, I mean they don't play the same position. Well, I'm I saying as as a player not not playing the same position, do you think he will be a better Premier League player on City be able to contribute more than I Paul contribute Pogba? more, yes. Okay. Pogba's been a giant passenger at Man United. He's been he's not he been not, so with France. He does not influence games with Man United as so, often or as well as he should. So, you know, if if you think Harry Maguire will be will will fill that job, and will do that job impact player, and we have to remember that Vincent Company has left. Yep, he gone. He gone. Like well, frankly, a, a job that is I think ideal for him at his boyhood club, and frankly, I bear him no ill will. He has done everything he can and more for this club. And frankly, I hope Anderlecht win the Belgian League every year. Just Agreed. for him. Just for him. Every single year. It's yeah. like Pablo. I'll never have a bad thing to say yeah, about it. it's like Pablo plays against us. And it's just like, oh, I hope he has a good game, but his team loses. Yeah, you don't want to say I hope Pablo scores a goal because that's yeah, never... Yeah, because that's probably something bad's happening. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, that's... no, God bless Vincent Company. But like, you need to find, um, you know... And there's been chatter about Eric Garcia making the jump to the first team next year, but I think that would be better as sort of like the fifth option as opposed to the fourth. Yeah. Um, and I, Eric Garcia is a hell of a player, too. Yeah, but, and like, he has uh, all the potential in the world, but he's also, what, 18? There's not a lot of guys walk into the Premier League at 18 and make a huge impact. It usually takes a couple of years. Yeah, Raheem Sterling didn't find his until... Uh, he was like 20, 19 or 20. Yep. I mean, really, you could argue Raheem Sterling didn't find his until last year, but yeah, in the last couple of years. Um, but I'd yeah. say last year. Last year, year was really the real huge breakout. Yeah, last year. Last year, like he'd been arriving. Last year is like, when he, he pulled the, in. seventeen, eighteen. He scored a lot of goals, but those still those trademark misses popped into his game. The misses were a very, very few and far between last year. Yeah, like that was like, the big thing. The the year before was like a layover on the way to his destination. He, <laughs> he's halfway there, but he fully arrived. You know, so I I I I think that's where I'm at on Harry Maguire. If Manchester City legitimately think that he can help the team, Harry Maguire. I think he's also the type of player who can get a lot 
who can really blossom once Pep gets his hands on him. Like yeah. we've, we've obviously seen that with with several players he's he's worked with at City, but uh, obviously I would expect that Pep is driving the Maguire interest. It's not this this summer is not the first we've heard of it by any stretch of the imagination. This is not something that just popped up. Pep has been interested in Harry Maguire as a player for a while. Um, so honestly. I I I I end this conversation with you. Screw it. Did Nessie did just get sent off? Did he? Oh my gosh! Yes, he did. <laughs> for headbutting, he and Medell both got sent off for headbutting each other. <laughs> I saw that Aguero scored in that game. Yeah. Messi Messi got sent off for. Messi chases a ball that Gary Medell watches out, and the pair clash, but there isn't much there. Medell bumps chest several times as Messi simply stands his ground, and apparently they sent them both off. The the, the internet, and I know that these are probably Messi stands, but the the internet seems to believe that um, Lionel Messi was done dirty. Probably. He probably was. So, do with that what you will. Um... So, uh, is there anything else that we want to uh, discuss here? No, I, I mean, we... we did get a question, and I do want to make sure that we credit the questioner, because he, he asked if um, this is uh, UARK alum Brandon asking us what is the likelihood of Ake joining City. I'm kind of torn on whether uh, Ake is a player they're actually interested in or a player that they're just sort of using to put pressure on Lester. I could see them being interested because he fits the profile, but I also see it as a backup option. Like, a back, back, backup option. Makes sense. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of torn between those two schools of thought. Um, but, you know, I would... I honestly... I don't think the chances are high, but I'm not, also not really sure where the city center back situation stands right now. There's a lot of uh, moving parts there. And... Obvious, and obviously we know who they're interested in, but we also, we, we've seen these situations develop before with like, you know, oh, City aren't going to pay that for a player. And we've seen in some cases they go to the other, they go to a different team because City stood firm. And in some places we have seen the selling team give in. So, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find, I guess we'll find out. But I wouldn't rate it exceptionally high, mostly because I think that there's a wide array of options right now that are all possible, but not highly likely. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Like, it's going to be a... Uh, it, it, I, I like... You know, for all the bitch that people talk about with City and spending money, they don't. Like, yeah. in fact, they don't they, they want spend around to spend more than money. dumping it into one or two players. <laughs> it's, it's almost like they don't even want to spend money. You know, like, no, that's not what we're here to do. Like, totally. We've had under- this discussion before, and that city sometimes, I think, get a little bit too caught up in the criticism of their spending and try to be like, look, we're spending money responsibly. Whereas there's nothing they're ever going to be able to do to, to convince their skeptics, and they might as well become the evil empire. Pretty much. I mean, at Does some point... the fact that you're the Death Star? I mean, if you're the Death Star, you might as well be the Death Star. Yeah. I mean, like, if you can blow up Alderaan, you owe it to yourself and science to do it. 
It's just sort of the sort title of my of this, The title just, of this episode is going to be Be the Death Star. Be the Death Star. I like it. I yeah, like no, I, I I I think that's a good place to put I, a fork in it. We are going to be the Death Star. So thanks everybody for listening. Um we will be talking to you at certain points throughout the preseason, I'm sure. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. You can look for look us up on iTunes. Just search American Citizens. We are brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. And that's more or less it. So thank you for listening. For Josh, I'm Gray. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.